Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And now, podcasting from the sun-scorched desert southwest, weighing in at a combined total of 340 pounds, Brad Winchester, Tyler McDowell Blanken, are Gimmick Infringement. Welcome everybody to the Gimmick Infringement Podcast. I am Brad Winchester. With me, as always, is my tag team partner, Tyler McDowell Blanken. Tyler as we record this, it's almost the end of the day. We are post AEW Revolution 2023. I am on a high. How you doing today? I'm on such a high as well. I am buzzing right now, Brad. We watched a really, really great AEW Revolution. It's funny, you and I were trying to figure out how to record for this episode uh, logistically because this is the first, please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first AEW pay-per-view on a Sunday in quite some time. I think, been we've, while, been, I think. I think we've been spoiled, right? So to, yeah. um, to give our audience some background, if you don't already know, obviously we release every Monday. Shout out to Brad and all the great work he does making the technical piece of this happen. All of the technical pieces. Um, we record typically on Sunday mornings and then release on Mondays. But obviously that would have been really challenging this week. We thought of, okay, we could either record Sunday night, just like we're doing and release Monday or keep our usual recording time early Sunday, but not talk about AEW and, and maybe drop the episode on Sunday instead. Brad, we knew it was not gonna be great. Would it have been more convenient and beneficial for our sleep and overall wellness? Yes. Especially yours, absolutely. But I think we made the right decision. What a fun show. I'm doing so well. I hope you are too. I can't wait to get into our conversation. Yeah, before we do, I have to tell you that uh, I did not tell you this, that I led a, a Orange Cassidy style chant with my tech crew this week because we are up against a time crunch. The show is in two weeks, less than two weeks. This week is tech week. There was an all almost all day Saturday rehearsal, eight to four for the kids. Yeah, I, I didn't even ask you about that. <clears throat> oh, friend of the year. My, 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 my Lord, we have so much to do next Saturday. I will definitely be in the theater and uh, trying, trying to get everything done. Uh, most of the set is built, but we, we we're in the auditorium and I just started chanting with them. We're going to try. We're going to try. That's a and deep, we, that's a deep cut. That's revolution. Yes. Like 2019. Yes. He's wow. going to try. 
He's do, do the kids know about that? Is there one? Absolutely one, not. One not, Miranda not a, Tiger out there? Not a single kid in that room. Okay, that's great. Uh, some of them were like, isn't pro wrestling fake? And they almost were on a receiving end of, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's scripted. It's yes. scripted. We've yes. all been there, right? We've all been yeah. there. It's not fake. I, I almost hacksaw Jim Duggan them over the head in the shop with a two by four. And that, yeah. And that would have been a completely acceptable response for their ignorance in that example. Almost as bad, maybe, maybe worse, but almost as bad as MJF splashing a young fan with a drink and causing that fan to become really, really upset. The fan, the family shout out to Amanda Huber to look for looking after the, uh, the kid in the crowd and uh, to to Will for getting some merch for him. Really good to see the community kind of take care of him. Uh, Max is probably going to have to learn how to not do that stuff. I have a feeling that all the conversation around it is going to egg him on to do more. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But regardless, after tonight, I'd say he's he's earned whatever the hell he wants to do. <laughs> what a match. What a night, Tyler. Let's get into it. And now... It's time to talk AEW. We had we had Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Bros uh, defeating Ari Davari and the Varsity Athletes on the pre-show. This was a fun match, man. Like I I I don't think we had any question that it was going to deliver and be fun. Uh, but this was a very enjoyable match. It was twelve minutes and fifty seconds long. I thought it was a good way to sort of not really end the pre-show. It was like it middled the pre the, the pre-show it was, it was in a weird spot, which I thought was probably different than what they used to do. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I seem to remember them having like one or two matches it ending. And then it coming back to the start, either JR's entrance, which they did. And then it would go to AW and then the copyright stuff into the pay-per-view. And then the pay-per-view would start But this. Didn't kind of play out that way. Uh, I did love the addition of RJ City, though. I thought RJ being on the show, RJ and Renee, that was awesome. It felt like a proper AEW pre-show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew you were loving that. In terms of the pre-show format, definitely different. I was caught off guard when the match started so early. I thought given that we only had one match, the pre-show was only going to be 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I was completely wrong. So I totally missed the entrances. I probably missed the first few minutes of this match, but uh, I finally, I finally got to it. And it, it was really, really great as pre-show matches go. I am so happy that the Lucha Brothers got on this. I was going to say this card, but that's not accurate. I'm so glad they were performing in front of this audience in California. Yeah. You may recall, Brad, the Dynamite we went to. I for sure thought the Lucha Brothers were were winning that tag team. I forget, Royale or, or whatever yeah. we saw. I thought for sure they were going to be on the pay-per-view because how can you be in California and not have these two guys. So, so glad they got this moment. And Mark Briscoe as well. How can you not love this dude? Obviously, the, you know, the, the unfathomable tragedy with his family that, that he's dealing with. It seems like he's in really high spirits and really using wrestling to, uh, as kind of a, a way to cope. You know, he's adored and, and he's having a prominent role in AEW right now. I wasn't very hip to the Briscoes prior to, to them joining AEW. So um, I'm ex- excited to continue learning more about him. So happy that he got the pin. I believe mm-hmm. froggy yeah. bow. Yeah. The froggy bow is such a cool move. Yeah. I could totally see Freya adopting that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking probably a couple of years, but I loved everything about this. Uh, shout out to the, the, you know, the varsity athletes and Davari. This was a very suitable pre-show match and the baby faces who won were 
were the proper selections. This is really fun. Yeah, I thought it was a blast. I I was a little surprised, at, like you said, that we didn't get the Lucha Brothers in in Phoenix. Uh, I'm also a little surprised that we didn't see like uh, the San Francisco inspired uh, gear all all fully decked out uh, from Penta. But I thought I thought all of this was great. I so the Danhausen Orange Cassidy interview. I really liked RJ City doing the interviews, being spray painted by Tony Storm. I really liked the Dan has an orange Cassidy interview. Cause I did that. That kicked it off. And RJ city asking Dan has on what he's wearing. Cause he's wearing like a dress with flowers on it and like a newsboy hat. And I, I it wasn't a dress. It was a tunic or something, but he's like, what are you wearing? And Dan Housen just went close. And that was kind of the end of it. Uh, and, and, and it moved on. I thought it was silly. I thought it was cool to get the wrestlers beforehand and not just a vignette. And that's the part that I appreciated was we got actual interviews beforehand and not just vignettes. It felt really old school wrestling. Like we're going to have the interview before the match and then the match will happen. Uh, It felt, it felt 1980s to me the way that they set it up. And I really, really enjoyed it. I think the first interview, I, I totally missed those. So as, as you're sharing this, I, I am learning all new information. Renee was great. It was kind of jarring to see her in this role. It gave yeah. me flashbacks to w, WWE circa 2018, 2019. I was like, well, I think this is the first time I've seen her in, uh, on a pre-show like this. But that was great. And the moment of the pre-show for me, I think, was Daddy Magic. That was the first backstage interview yeah, I saw. Yes. So that gives you oh. that gives you in our audience Whoa. a better timeline of when I jumped into this. <laughs> he he was great. The added layer now of I think I'm saying this on air. The added layer now of asking the interviewer, <laughs> particularly RJ City, which I guess yeah. is less problematic because it was two guys. Yeah, asking asking RJ City to feel his nipple, and then like that whole dynamic. Oh, both. Yeah, da- exactly. Yeah. Daddy Magic was was excellent. And uh, yeah, this pre-show from what I saw of it, you know, the the 35 minutes or so was was really awesome and did not overstay its welcome by any means. No, I thought it was great. And then we went into the main card. We got we got JR's entrance. JR looked like he was moving a little slowly. Hope he's healing. I know it's been a long struggle with healing from his cancer treatments on his ankle. So wish the best JR, uh, the Hall of Famer, the legend. We roll right into Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. This was a great match. I I wasn't sure if it was going to be a ton of fun. I knew it was going to be Ricky and Jericho. And, and just saying those names on paper, it's a no-brainer. Like, you know that these guys are talented. Jericho's on my, my Rushmore. And Ricky Starks is incredible, future world champion. I loved this match. I thought this was a lot of fun. Uh, it wasn't like an all-time classic, but it was a great way to start the the pay-per-view. I thought it was a blast, man. I I, I loved it. The right person won. Ricky Starks uh, is 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 coming out on top. It makes him a little bit bigger, his star a little bit brighter, and then hopefully we can move away from the JAS for Ricky. Looking forward to seeing what's next. Well said. This was the ideal opener. I originally thought Jungle Boy and Christian were going to open. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I'm so happy Ricky and Jericho did. I, I took some brief notes here, Brad. When Ricky entered with the yellow gear, I swear to you, and, and mind you, I incorrectly predicted in our article on gimmickenrichmentpod.com that Jericho was going to take this. I thought, okay, we're going to lean into the trope of it's a Jericho feud, so it's going to last a long time. He's going to get his revenge right. here. The the rubber match possibly will be at double or nothing. I don't want to see it go on that long, but here we are. 
when Ricky came out in the yellow gear, I thought to myself, okay, I'm wrong. He is not, he's not <laughs> losing. I mean, he's so clearly a, a face of this company and, and needs a signature win here that I, I just knew when he entered. Okay. He, he got the rib tape. So nice swerve there. Like, okay, he's injured. That would give him reason to lose. No, not at all. You correctly predicted this really fun match. So happy Ricky went over clean action. Andretti yeah. saved him yep. from a potential Sammy Guevara distraction. I thought, that was great. I thought Andretti was maybe going to turn on him and he would become the 20th member of the JAS. <laughs> I am so happy. I was wrong on this. Ricky Starks is, is just a joy to watch. And I, I can't wait to see what's next for him. Yeah. I thought it was great. I I've loved the Andretti getting to have Andretti on the pay-per-view, even if he was there for 10 seconds and we didn't even really see his face. It was just the back of his head. Yeah. Beating, beating the, <laughs> the piss gray, out of Sammy. Yeah, yes. The gray sweats. Yeah. Yeah. The, came out of nowhere. I had, know. No, he must've been sitting in the front I, row and just hopped the thing. He really impressed me when we saw him uh, at that rampage made event incredible. against Sammy and Phoenix. I know, mm-hmm. I know uh, I, none of us were like giddy when it was announced that that was the rampage main event. It was kind of like, Oh really? That's it. But Andretti is, is really great. In the I, ring, we, we take for granted the yeah. sheer athleticism that these performers just showcase yeah. and they do it flawlessly without any slip ups typically or any, you know, God forbid, any injuries. It's like, oh, no, this guy is uh, I heard a comparison recently to a young AJ Styles. And by no means do I want to put that pressure on him. But it's like, OK, I can see that like early AJ and TNA, just athleticism Jones. I, I yes. I'm here for it. Great I to have him on the card. Tur- I legitimately turned to you when we were in Phoenix and went, okay, I, I see why this was the main event. Yeah. When, when Rampage started. Like that's yeah. so I was like, this is this it, this is the main event. Really? This is what it, we're doing. It was straight it was, out of an X, X Division greatest hits from yes. TNA. Again, AJ versus I don't know, Christopher Daniels or name the person he faced back then. Yeah, it was awesome. I thought it was great. I thought the the post-match thing when everybody left. Uh, everybody got up was like, all right, I don't need to see the JAS in the ring anymore. Let's get out of here. Uh, but Jericho coming down and cutting a promo in the crowd and all that was 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 great. Uh, I, th- I thought it was awesome. I Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I feel like Andretti is going to be feuding with JAS still. Uh, I don't know what... what do you, what do you think Jericho does next? Because he's on this... His storyline right now is a losing streak. Do you think that this makes him lose credibility in the eyes of the JAS and then they eventually split. Mm, that's intriguing. I would like that route more than the JAS continuing to do what they're doing. The JAS, it, it was really good until it wasn't to quote 
one of my favorite Kehlani albums. It's not hitting the right notes for me anymore, man. It just feels mid card and not not in a good way, like lower mid card, um, very repetitive. I don't know. I, I still don't know why Daniel Garcia is there. I thought Daniel Garcia yeah. versus Jericho for the ROH title was the money match. I'm still a little scarred from that not happening. Yeah, if they lose faith in him and, and perhaps turn on him, I don't. I don't know that I'm yearning for a Jericho babyface run, but we know that he has to have a pay-per-view match every pay-per-view. I mean, and, and that's not to knock him that the dude is, has totally earned that. Right. Yeah. But if we're thinking about, I know maybe we'll have a double or nothing question for you later, but if we're thinking about double or nothing, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that match is very clear. Maybe he's in a, a multi-man match of some sort, but I also don't know that I can see him in a ladder match. Uh, I, I don't know what that next big feud is for him. What do you think? I don't know, but it feels like maybe it'll be the end of the JAS. Maybe we get another stadium stampede or that anarchy. Is their match. Great yeah. call. That That's the answer. Stadium stampede. Yep. Or I don't know, anarchy. though, because I, I was going to say anarchy in the arena is their match. Stadium stampede right. was the inner circle. So I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with with that, but they'll have some sort of gimmick match like that. Maybe a, a sweet Minnesota street fight. The next match on the card was Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Bought myself. Uh, defeating Christian Cage in a final burial match. I didn't know what to expect from this other than it was it was a casket match. They could have called it what it was, but slightly different. The casket isn't rolled out to ringside. There was no dump you into the ring. It was basically you fall off the stage into this casket. And when the lid shuts, the casket... I did not expect that thing to fall <laughs> away into a puff of smoke, Tyler. That's yeah, Christian. It, it was great to see Christian while we could. I think he's just—I <laughs> don't dead. know, man. He's he's underground now. Yeah, that he's, that pop. Yeah, I thought of you in your theater uh, background. I thought, yeah. man, Brad. I think Brad's going to enjoy this part. A hundred percent. All I could think is like the next time we see him, he's coming out of a brood tunnel. There's, I mean, there's just that's it for him, man. He died. Seems, seems like it a was a it was a final burial. Or maybe that was uh, that was a subtle way for Christian to retire from casket matches for the rest of his life. Perhaps that's what we saw today. I don't know. Maybe that's why it was a final burial. But it was it was a good match. There was a couple of uh, there was a couple spots where they they sold me they sold me on Christian winning and Jungle Boy got out of it and then Christian got him back into the the casket and then Jungle Boy got out of the out of it again and I thought it was a lot of fun. It's you know, it's the 20 minute match that are thereabouts, 19 minutes and 17 seconds that we probably needed. This feud is over. It's been going for about a year. At least I hope it's it's over. I don't know where Jungle Boy goes from here, but that's a big notch in the belt beating Christian Cage, who came into the company already with a Hall of Fame resume and immediately won a championship belt on the first episode of Rampage uh, against Kenny Omega. He won the uh, the Impact World Championship. And Jungle Boy Jack Perry just defeated him. So I'm not sure where Jungle Boy goes from here. I don't really want him in the TNT title scene. I think we've already seen him in a feud with MJF. So I don't really know what he does for now until they can get him into the, maybe the run it back with MJF uh, or does something else. Maybe he goes after hook after teaming with him. I have, I have no idea, man. I don't know what you do with Jungle Boy from, from here. But I'm curious to see what happens. I, for some reason, it, for some reason, I look at it and I think Jungle Boy is probably going to end up feud, feuding with like Jay Lethal or or Jeff Jarrett 
or or something like that because they, they're sort of done with their feud as well uh, unless they start feuding with the guns because they turn their back on them or double cross them it's like well they're bad guys so we'll, we'll see christian cage i also don't know what they do with him i would love a heel versus heel christian cage mjf program give that to me please because my god the mic battles wow that would be a great dynamite main event yes like grant uh what is it the st patrick's day slam or whatever it's called there you go that would be the perfect not a pay-per-view but like give me a short christian cage program obviously mjf winning but the stuff they say about each other on the microphone <laughs> yeah that's where the money is the, the yes. match would be really good but yeah the promo the promo wars would would be epic it, mm. This match was really fun. This match in many ways mirrored the first one, the opener mm-hmm. to me. Uh, young star for the company. I don't know how old Ricky Starks is. I know Jungle Boy's younger, but you have a, a new... Ricky's 30. I looked yeah. the other day, 30 or 31. Uh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, still a young man. You yeah. have a, a newer star really made in... Okay, gotcha. Really made in AEW. Jungle Boy and Ricky Starks, check those boxes. Obviously, Ricky wasn't a, Ricky wasn't a day one, but I don't know that a lot of us knew him in, N- in NWA fame. So both guys go over the established veterans. Like Ricky, where does Jungle Boy go next? You mentioned TNT and, and not necessarily wanting that. To me, that would seem like the obvious play here. We know he's not going to leapfrog to facing MJF at double or nothing. At least we don't think. But I could see easily Jungle Boy versus Wardlow or Jungle Boy versus Hobbs at the May pay-per-view. If not, yeah, maybe maybe Jungle Boy versus Jeff Jarrett or Jay Lethal. I don't know that I want hmm. that, but I don't, I don't know that you do either. But I, I think sooner or later, he's going to have to challenge for gold. I mean, Darby Allen, I think of Darby and, and Jungle Boy in similar terms often. Darby's been a multi-time TNT champion at this point. I think we're just knocking on that door for, for Jungle Boy. I don't know that he's going to defeat, no. say, Powerhouse Hobbs. Well, Hobbs is going to have but fun. I know. What it, maybe All Atlantic? Jungle Boy I was just OC? thinking that's exactly what I was thinking. Babyface so versus Babyface, yeah. opposite of the heel versus heel dynamic. Yeah, you like that? Jack Perry's 25 years old. I just looked it up. Stupid Dude's, young. Yeah, so young. And, he, and he's like the perfect wrestler already. Amazing. I can see him. I can see him doing going after the FTW championship. Uh, the the Red Rum versus the Snare Trap, I think could be a lot wow. of fun. Those, the Hook, dynamic. Hook's, Hook's first loss? That match would be incredible. I, I think he would be. I don't think anybody would be mad that it was Jungle Boy if they put in if they gave him some time. But I, I think all Atlantic, those two, I mean, classic five star oh, classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Match of the night at double or nothing. Probably. 100%. Yeah. So I could absolutely see that because I don't see number one. I don't want him losing. I don't want him challenging for the TNT belt and losing because I think he's done it a couple times already. And I think yeah, he was in yeah, the he, All Atlantic. Was he in the? No, he wasn't in the All Atlantic tournament because he, at that time, he was still feuding with Christian Cage. I think. So right, right. I think didn't didn't he even yeah. get a world title shot at yes. some point on a dynamite yep. against mm-hmm. Jericho. I can't remember if was it was Kenny. No, Jericho. Jericho already. I think it was Kenny. Yeah, Jericho. I'd already dropped the belt. Yeah, I, I, appreciate- I saw the world title match when I started watching, and at that point, Mox was champion. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think, wasn't it, that was, um, that was the moment him and Christian Cage had, this was back in yeah. Daly's place. They had yeah. that, they had that battle Royale of sorts. Christian ended up throwing, Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Jungle Boy threw Christian over, yeah. pinned him. And then that led to Jungle Boy getting the dynamite. Right. Okay. 
we're we're working through this. Yes, and we you. had the confetti, and it was like a big yes. deal. And crowd the went pri- nuts. The prize was he gets a match against Kenny Omega. Kenny and Omega beats him, yeah, but yeah, looks yeah. great. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't. So when's the last singles match that he had for a belt? It's yes, probably that. Man, he's he's so good though. He's, he's been in tournaments and he's been in like he's battle royales and all of these different things, but he yeah. hasn't had a Tag proper teams, title match. Yes. Yeah. My, yeah. my my question for you here, Brad. This was it. This was the only note that I put for this match. How so? Jungle Boy Jack Perry is amazing for all the reasons we just listed. Perhaps the most impressive feat I've seen from him thus far in his AW career is how in the world did he wrestle in jeans during this match? Sans any belt. I was so transfixed by that. How did he? I don't know about you, Brad, but I like. It's never a question when I wear jeans, I have to wear a belt or else those things are slipping. And I usually go with the slim fit Jones type of look. This dude wrestled an 18 minute match with how was that? I'm not, I'm not even trying to be funny or facetious. That was really bothering me. Like, Oh, my man doesn't even have a belt. How was he doing this effortlessly? <laughs> did, did you notice that? Or is that just like an idiosyncrasy of mine? I was, I, think it's I was idiosyncrasy. Shook. So the, okay, the, I was sure. I think it's, it wasn't he wearing the same kind of, uh, of jeans as, as, uh, as orange Cassidy. In this uh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's those, were, true. those were jeggings. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah no, at, OC has the drawstring gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at Jungle Boy's jeans right now, and it looks to me... I didn't see a drawstring, though. Maybe they're hidden. No, they're probably hidden, but yeah, I, I see something on the... It looks like... Man, it's so hard to tell, but it looked like he had some sort of thing in yeah. the front uh, of the jeans sewn in, so they're probably just really tight. That would make, and, that would make more sense. Yeah, I like Yeah, that. and who knows? It, maybe they're tied on the inside, but... Yeah, a lot of that stuff is just made to look like it, but it's not actually it. Exactly. And, you know, well, I was I was worked. I was transfixed by it during this match. I thought it was shocking to see him in pants wrestling. I yeah, in, that in was general, I, like, not even just that I was wrestling in jeans. Uh, all of yeah. John Moxley, I, yeah, I was exactly. just like, wow, exactly. he's just wearing pants and not just tidy, tidy greenies. And like he, he stayed he does. stayed true to the footwear, right? He had the usual Jungle yeah. Boy boots. Yeah. Well, at least he had brown boots. I don't know if they were the Jungle Boy boots, but they uh-huh. were definitely the same scheme. Yeah. I thought like, at first I thought he came out there in Tim's. Like it was like, what's he's just going to wrestle. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't think that that's, that would have definitely given him some bonus points. <laughs> was, You're just going out there in heavy ass boots. I, like, <laughs> I, I love that. We're dedicating several minutes to his fashion choices. You're so right about the jeans though. Like OC mocks, even big bill. For yes. some reason, I guess yes. it's because we're not, I guess it's because we're not used to seeing jungle boy in jeans that it was just like, I lost any sense of, my knowledge of wrestling fashion. I was like, how in the hell is he, how in the world is he doing this right now? That's crazy. I just, I just confirmed he was wearing ghillie suit boots, the jungle boy shoes. Amazing. uh, The little, little frilly things hanging off the side. Yeah. This was a really fun match and the right, the right guy. This was a trend that we saw all night. The right wrestler won. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. uh, And the right wrestler was sent to the depths of hell. Apparently. The next match was the House of Black victorious, as we predicted, over the Elite 18-minute banger. One of the best trios matches I think AEW's put on so far, and that is saying something. Tyler, this match delivered and then some. It's exactly what we thought. We were like, this match is going to be probably... This was my prediction for the one that would steal the show, that would steal the night. I don't know that I could say that after that main event, but... My goodness. For the rest of the card, this was my favorite match of the night. This match ruled. It had me high drama. 
uh, a bunch of finishers that happened that would have been the end of it in a tag team match, but in a trios match, there's that one extra dude in the ring. And it was, it was great. Or that one extra Julia Hart, uh, whatever it might be. Julia Hart got V triggered into outer space in this match. And then Kenny just went, Oh, well you shouldn't have been there. And then yeah, just, that was, that was, it was so was good. Uh, they really made it. Yeah. There was also, uh, we'll get to it. There was uh, something that, that uh, Mox yelled out in, in his match uh, against Hangman that, that made me laugh out loud really hard. But it, yeah, the V trigger to Julia Hart really got the crowd. It got me, but more importantly, the, the reaction of Kenny afterward, I thought this was great. I, the right team won. House of Black now is the House of Gold. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That was, that was smooth. I am still stunned that this result occurred. I, <laughs> like you, I predicted House of Black would win, but I had a, a, a huge seed of doubt, man. I thought, okay, like we want this. I really believe it makes the most sense. Like, can we really have House of Black lose another significant match? No, we cannot. But I, it's in California. The Bucks uh, fashion, right? The Bucks have the the yeah. home state pants. Uh, you know, the elite's definitely going to retain. But no, our prediction was right, Brad. This match was so incredible. We expected nothing less. What stood out to me was how uh, into the faceoffs the crowd was in San Francisco. So we start the match with Kenny Omega and Buddy Murphy facing off, which, which has been a dream match, not just for my co-host, but clearly for 80 to 90% of the audience, Malachi and Kenny having their moment. I loved when one of the young bucks, I forget if it was Matt or Nick, when he requested or, or dare I say demanded that Brody King come in. Brody King came in with the face paint and all. And then he yeah. wanted to tag out. He said, okay, no, I think I, I bit off more than I could chew. Let me get out of this match. Yeah, you. I mean, you highlighted it, man, the, the Julia Hart moment. There were so many cool spots in this match. I, the House of Black are our new trios champions. I am so thrilled for these three. I cannot wait to see what they do. I hope they are champs for a long time. I'm just so glad that we're going to get them, presumably on TV, consistently now. Yes. This, this was amazing. I am still buzzing that that they actually went over. Buddy Matthews is a walking pectoral muscle. Yes, Buddy. Thank you, Buddy Matthews. I call him Buddy Murphy. Thank you, dude. That's amazing. Match, the 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 Brody makeup for yeah. some reason. I I saw it. And I was like, that doesn't even look like the same person. I thought that the last time he did it too, uh, just because he had like the the run of like gold in the beard, right? 
on top of the black and the white, you're you're so man. I would not want anything to do with that guy if I saw him. No. He's an enormous human being. He's all no. inked up. He's like a like a hairless cat that got tattooed everywhere. Dude is just an absolute monster. And watching the the scream into like the senton cannonball. How do you prepare for that if you're in the corner? Like that's just some some giant is throwing his body at you like a missile. You can't you can't do anything about that. Like Darby's missile is coming in hot, but that's like four Darby's hurtling its it's their back toward you. The math adds up, and then not to mention, so you have Buddy Matthews, who's great for for what you just said. You have Brody King, the imposing big man. And then, by the way, you have the leader who you have to go through yeah. as well, Malachi Black, who is arguably the best striker in all of wrestling. His kicks, point, his knees. I mean, you can even hear the crowd go, oh, oh. Kenny, Kenny facing off with Malachi and Kenny facing off with Buddy. Money. Starting, oh, my God. We need a singles run. And I just, I tweeted this out, man. I need Buddy. I saw this, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll throw Malachi in there, too. But Bandito, Roosh, give me these singles matches. Now I demand them. While Kenny is still healthy, while Kenny is still willing, I need this. Please throw the IWGP belt on the line. I don't care. Give me these matches, damn it. This this was amazing. I I, I still can't believe it happened. This was uh, worth worth the price of admission by far. I loved it. Thought it was cool that we also got Callus just kind of taking off the headset before heading down the ring. Didn't say a word, just... Kind of went, oh, yes. and then took off the headset and dipped. And and he's been real thirsty for some Kanosuke Takeshita, too. So there's mm, he's not alone. Tune in. That's 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 also me. So I'm gonna need I'm gonna need more of all of these dudes on my TV, and I want them to all wrestle Kenny. For sure. Sorry, Kenny, you have work to do. Let's see. Next match was Jamie Hayter uh defeating both Soraya and Ruby Soho. This was a 10-minute match, Tyler. It is the shortest match on the main card. Well, the entire night. Uh, Wardlow and Samoa Joe only outlasted them by 40 seconds, but it was a very short match. Match was good. I didn't think there was anything wrong with the match. I really liked the Jamie Hayter and Ruby Soho face-offs. Ruby is... I don't know what happened when Ruby came to AEW, but she went... Something flipped in her head. And now when she strikes, she strikes... And I do like that they the, the post-match angle, they okie-doked us into thinking that she was talking to Soraya and Tony, uh, and then she turned on both Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter by delivering two finishing moves. And I thought that was great. Makes sense to me. I don't know who joins up with Britt and, and, uh, and Jamie at this point to, to help them out, because I doubt it's Rebel, but we'll see... We'll see who it is. Maybe Sheeta comes back. Maybe they get Riho. We'll we'll see. Either of them would be great. Willow makes a ton of sense to me. No idea what they're going to do from here, but I, I do enjoy this angle. The women have a good story going right now. And outside of Jade Cargill's, I'm just unstoppable. And we're the baddies and the drama that's already resolved in there. I don't know what they do with Jade, which is probably why they're like not doing anything with Jade, it seems, which is apocalyptically stupid in my opinion the fact that we haven't seen jade for a while now on on our tvs in in the ring on the pay-per-view is is crazy to me 
I'm I'm getting to a point now where Tyler, I hope Jade comes out and says, I'm sick of beating everybody. I want the world belt and it's time to unify the world belt and just get rid of the TBS title altogether because the longer she has it and doesn't use it, the less it means. And she keeps beating like jabronis on this thing. So she hasn't, she hasn't had more than one or two real challenges in the last several months. It's been squash after squash after squash. I want to see something more from them. That being said, all the talent that was in the ring tonight was uh, was good. I thought the match was what we kind of expected. It was a pretty good match. It was entertaining. It had a great angle going out of the match. What did you think? Yeah, I'm so happy that Ruby felt extra important after this match. If she wasn't going to win, I'm just happy that we saw that heel turn and we know she's going to be a prominent player right. in, in this feud moving forward. And it makes so much sense. I was worked. I really, they got me. I thought, okay, this is interesting. She's obviously still a fan favorite. She's going to join Britt and Jamie. Let's do it. So I was totally taken aback when she hit that really awesome Pele kick. Super happy to see it. Jamie Hayter is an absolute mega star. You called this so early on. Brad, uh, longtime listeners and supporters and viewers of GI know this. You've been you've been sipping on some haterade for longer than many of us. I her entrance. I didn't mention this earlier, but the 8K camera shots oh, so looked good. brand new to me. Correct me if I'm wrong. I do not recall seeing those before on AEW TV. The interweaving of those throughout the night, especially during the entrances was was so incredible i really love that jamie hater so obviously her music her her titantron for lack of a better term that's all been there but the lighting for her entrance also looked different to me and let me know if i'm tripping i've just been missing out but even the 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 lights that were playing it felt very um not like a disco but like we're in a dance hall it was just jamie hater jamie hater entered and I was just, again, taken aback by how over she is, how much uh, of an absolute mega star she's become in front of our eyes. I'm so happy that she won. I was not ready for her title reign to end by any means. This match was fun, especially the post angle, as you alluded to. I'm just happy that Jamie Hayter still has gold around her waist. And for Jade, Frankly, part of the reason I was really down on on this show heading into it was because we got no Jade angle. And I'm not saying Jade matches have been matches of the night at at, at pay-per-views, yeah. not, not at all. But she is just – I feel like if I'm paying $50, Brad, excluding tax, I want to see Jade Cargo at some point during the show. And that – not only the fact that she wasn't on the show, but like you pointed out, there's no real storyline for her at the moment. It's just been rinse and repeat. Someone steps up and challenges her. She demolishes them. Next one. Here we go. 40-0, 50-0, etc. I could definitely see a world in which she comes out and says, I'm tired of this. I want a challenge for the main belt. And the TNT title maybe dis- – I'm sorry, the TBS title maybe, maybe disappears. I still need an action figure. With her and the TBS belt. I don't know if that's unrivaled or 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 what that'll look like, but I need it. Yeah, man. Jamie Hayter is it. I am right on board with you now. She is incredible. Ruby's incredible. Glad to see Soraya in the spot. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was fun, man. Like uh, I just Jamie Hayter is everything that I was hoping she would be 
when we saw her come back, she remember she returned and it was to thunderous nothing. Nobody remembered who she was. She was she was an AEW original and then got hurt and then was gone. And then the pandemic and then finally was able to come back over here. It had been so long. Nobody knew who she was when she got here. I didn't know who she was because they were like, that's Jamie Hayter. And I was like, who the hell is Jamie Hayter? I had to, I had to look her up. I had no idea. And when I finally saw who it was, I was like, okay, this person's been around. They, they've held titles in different promotions and let's see what happens. And they gave her that first match. Maybe she tagged with Brit. I can't remember, but she ate the pin. I do remember that she lost several matches in a row. And I was like, Oh my God, she is so good. She is so much better at this than the other people she's wrestling. She should not be losing. And that's what I was like. That is a future champion right there. And I, I remember our conversation about it because it was like, there's, you were like, really? Wow. Okay. Hot take. And here we are, <laughs> man. Like, we're, yeah. So ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And Looking now it's like, it. yeah. Now it's like, oh my God. It's so obvious that it's Jamie Hader. But I mean, just, Brad, when she enters, it's just, oh my, like massive pop. Just, yes. just she, she has total cliche here, but I feel it with all, all my being. She has that it factor. It's yeah. obvious. There's something there. Yeah. There's something very, very special there. Because, yes. because Haita hits hard. I love that so much. Her, the hater raid, all of it. Her, her kissing the bicep in the ring. Everything. Knowing that she's about to lariat somebody's head off. God, it's all so freaking good. Megastar. Yeah. And I'm just glad we get to hear her talk now. Because before she was she was just sidekick Jones. And now she's, she's Jamie Hater. The next match, Texas Death. Tyler, I grimaced through about 95% of this match, just going, oh, 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 no. Oh, God, why? It was just a lot of pleading on my end. Really thinking about how I should clip that now and just save that for future purposes. Hangman Adam Page defeated John Moxley in a 24 and uh, 24 minute, 45 second match that was violent. So violent getting both of them being busted open the hard way live on our screens was disgusting first with the barbed wire uh, across the head and then a fork, a fork that was very, very obviously jammed. And then like the jamming was like, okay, you put the fork all the way to the end of your fist and then you go like that. You don't really make much contact. But then when we were watching it being scraped across the top of his face, Oh, I just, then the, the 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 scratching of the backs and then the scratching with the barbed wire. It's just foul. All of it. Tyler, I wanted to get a like a like a, a shot of something and some sort of antiseptic for my <laughs> eyes that I could just wash this out. I felt like I needed to wash my hands and take a shower when this was over and I was not a participant in this match. But it ruled. It's the right person won. I thought it was a great way to end it. We've seen the hang you by the rope, make you pass out stuff before already in AEW. In particular, Brody Brody King using his his choke submission over the ropes, or as he did on I can't remember if it was Matt or Nick tonight, but he did it at the end uh, of the the apron again and got super kicked in the face for it. But man, this was this was great. Moxley tapping was a huge thing for Hangman. I think I think sooner than later we'll see Hangman Adam Page back on the top with the belt. Uh, I don't know when that will happen, but that MGF Hangman Adam Page match is going to be a good one. 
Oh, oh, yes, yes, it will be. I, I really believe we could see that as soon as <clears throat> as soon as May. I think that could be very, very much in the works. This match was amazing. One of my favorite matches so far in 2023. I am not yes. one. This, this may be a shocker, but I am not necessarily a a fiend for these <laughs> extremely violent matches. It's just not. It's just not really by by uh, my forte. I'm not against it, but. It usually doesn't make my favorite matches of the year. This was an exception, though. The storytelling within it. One note that I, I had to write down while watching this match. This is probably my biggest pop, Brad. I know you mentioned the fourth spot and some of the other brutal moments. What got me was when Mox, this is maybe about halfway through the match, Mox got this very long chain. Mm-hmm. And he pile drove Hangman onto, onto yes. the steel chain. Yes. He, I don't know if you remember this. He got up. He did some sort of posturing to the crowd. Yeah. yeah and the yeah. crowd just claps for him. He gets up out of their seats. It's just pro wrestling, man. Like, yeah. Pyle drives this dude, may, maybe commits homicide in front yes. of our very eyes, gets up, does this to the audience. Metal. Yeah. And, and everyone, yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. In what, in, yeah. In what world do we uh, do do we do this? It was Roman Coliseum is what uh, we do. Yeah. It was yeah. just, it got me. I was like, oh my God pro wrestling man like only in pro wrestling we are so bloodthirsty <laughs> this match yeah this match definitely over delivered it was not one of my gosh top two or even top three most anticipated bouts which Agreed. probably blasphemous to to those listening and watching but it was one of my favorite matches of the night definitely top two at the very least it was so good and like you said the ending for hangman to make moxley submit of course, Mox is Teflon in AEW. He can eat this loss. But making him, him submit in terms of just what it means to have Mox lose a match like that, but also, as you pointed out, for the storyline purposes, huge. My final takeaway, I hope Mox can finally take this damn vacation, man. It's been like, what, eight months overdue? Yeah. This has to be, if we see Mox on Wednesday, as much as I love the man, I'm going to be disappointed. I, I hope he takes a break. Mox, we don't need you back until double or nothing. He deserves that time off. I don't think he'll take it. Renee is going to be there. He's probably not. And his no. baby's going to be there. So what's the what's <laughs> the point? Gonna, There's no way. Gonna. There's yeah. no chance. Unless yeah. they can both take time off together. So true. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. So it, it will, but it'll probably be a little while before it does. I I hope though that he at least takes himself out of matches for a little bit and lets his body recover because this was this was gnarly. That dude's been bleeding at least once a week every week yeah, for the last it's two concerning. months. Maybe like that. maybe that was part of my psyche. It's like oh my god, I've seen this dude bleed in Phoenix. <laughs> yes, in Redondo, in Vermont. I mean, this guy is it's it's I. I'm speechless about it. I do think that the the I saw when I was checking out AEW shop AEW and pro wrestling tees today because of the sales. Uh, I'm still debating on posters for the for the new classroom. Is is, is the Jamie Hader tee in your cart? The new no, one? I'm not, I, dude. I can't. I can't do that. I I, I gotta. Oh, I, I have to justify getting a gym membership so that I don't accidentally blimp up like a tick on Dracula. So I just I gotta <laughs> do something Listen. here. Listen, man, May 24th is around the corner. It is a big birthday for you. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Hader figure will hopefully be out. Maybe you'll be receiving the tea. Who knows? We'll see. There's plenty of time to figure this out. You have uh, friends who care about you and love you dearly. Uh, don't don't worry about it. I, I, saw, I saw the Evil Uno shirt, the Crimson Mask Evil Uno shirt. Oh, I, and I thought it's, it's pretty cool. It's I'm not going to get it, but it's pretty cool. 
And my first thought was, we got to see that live. That was pretty neat. So here we are. Uh, the next match, not quite as bloody. Wardlow defeats Samoa Joe by submission using Joe's submission in a 10 minute, 40 second. I guess I, if, if I'm, if I'm JR here, I'd be calling it a slobber knocker. These dudes were hitting each other pretty hard. Wardlow came out the gate hot and just was beating the shit out of Joe for, for a solid two minutes before Joe got his comeback. And, and this is a fun match. It was short, but like they're two big brawling dudes that it's probably about as long as it needed to be. I don't really have anything to add. Yeah, another case of the right person won. You yep. and I both thought Wardlow was gonna gonna um, you know leave San Francisco victorious. Probably not a huge shocker for the fan base. Yeah, this 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 was good. Hobbs being in the audience also That's made great. me very happy. I am so intrigued to see that match on Wednesday. I think this is a case where both dudes really need the win. Does Wardlow drop the belt just after he won it a few days prior? Uh, on the other hand, can Hobbs have this huge moment winning the Face of the Revolution ladder match? I'm so happy he got off of that ladder safe and sound, by the way. That was scary for a man that large to be on a, a broken ladder. I don't know that I can see Hobbs losing on Wednesday. So not only was this match fun and super serviceable and happy Wardlow's back, but I will definitely be tuning in on Wednesday. I have no idea who is going to leave Sacramento TNT champion. So they got me hooked. I can't wait to see it. I know it's going to be a good one. Finally, well, almost finally, finally on the card that wasn't an hour long plus. The guns retained. This is the only match I didn't correctly <laughs> predict, Tyler, uh, but I did fantasy book it correctly, so that's great. Uh, the guns beat everybody. The acclaimed, Jay Lethal, and then Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, and we were talking off air. I don't know why I didn't see this coming. Danhausen was the most obvious, clear as day person to be pinned in this match. Uh, I felt like everybody else would have been distracted by some 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 way. I thought it was great. I was waiting. Danhausen's one big move is a dick punch. So I, I'm so I'm so happy that it happened to Satnam Singh. Orange Cassidy punched him, uh, and then and then so did Danhausen to get him out of the the match. I thought that was hilarious. Huge pop for me. Uh, I love that kind of quick German suplex Danhausen does when he throws somebody into the corner, that quick release, because he's much that smaller looked, than a lot of the dudes. So good. using the momentum to carry him, he did that on that pre-show match he did uh, several months ago. Whatever, I think it might have been the last pay-per-view when he came out as like evil Danhausen when the best friends were like, yeah, you don't, you don't want to mess with him. And he came out with blood in his mouth and a jar full of teeth. I was going to say tooth, tooth, tooth extraction Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was gnarly, but he was, yeah, he was eating dudes around the ring for that too. I thought it was great. I thought this was a really fun match. I was not looking forward to this whatsoever. This was one of the ones that I was like, I don't really care. And then I found myself being really invested. I thought this was a blast. I think the, the right team won, number one. I think the guns are that team right now. I thought the guns were doing some, like their bumps and their cells were so good. Their facials are great. They always pop me. I love the way they interact with the crowd. It's very old school, but I love that. Uh, I think it's Colton. It was grabbing Austin's hand to put him over his ears so we couldn't hear ass boys and stuff uh, in the crowd. I thought that was great. I love their entrance and the, and I love what their finisher is 310 to Yuma, right? Great name. It's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And, it, it, and the storyline, 
I'm obviously getting ahead of ourselves now, but the storyline is uh, their finisher is, is so cool. Definitely a version of the Shatter Machine, or as we yes. know it, the, the big rig. Or I guess it's called the Shatter Machine again now. Who yeah. knows? But the, the fact that it's a playoff of their rivals move is just great. Like you, this was so much more fun than I thought it would be. And, and now that we know FTR did appear post-match, if there was a fourth team to be entered, not named Dax and Cash... Really, the perfect guys were Orange Cassidy and Dan House. And am I right, Brad? Of course, yeah. I would have loved to see Top Flight, or like I said, the Lucha Brothers. But Orange Housen being that team actually made a ton of sense. They're two of the most over guys in the entire company. As you pointed out, we got those fun spots. I thought there was a chance the acclaimed was going to win, as you predicted. Yeah. But the guns made so much sense because, in large part, of the post match angle. Right. How. I know this occurred maybe about an hour and a half, two hours ago, but how giddy are you that FTR is back? Hopefully. Yeah, that's the key, that's the key part, right? We have a month to know, but I, I can't imagine I they're starting an angle for for only a month. I I can't possibly. No, so they're going to be games. So I they oh they better be. Yeah. So I'm I'm really man. I I jumped up and down in my room. I was yelling. I'm glad everybody was out of the house. No dog in here to bark. I was I was jumping up and down. I'm so stoked to see them back. I am excited. I saw Macoon already tweeted out that yes, I am going to ask Dax on his podcast. I don't know if you listen to to the pod. Uh, I I, I listen. I listened to episode one, but that was it. I listen every week. I inundate myself with wrestling material. Uh, my three my three during the week usually are Folia's pod, the Dax pod, and uh, Grill and Jr. And then some some things interspersed, the sessions, uh, talk is Jericho if it's if it's relevant, and then a few other things. But I love Dax on this. The only thing I don't like is when he goes <clears throat> into the microphone. Like, God damn, man. Like, just blow your nose, mute it for a second. Yeah, or when yeah, they do the tequila, they do the tequila tasting, and it's like I tried to mute earlier when I coughed. And it was one of those double click things where I clicked it and unmuted it right away. But like hearing this. Yeah. When he's doing a tequila tasting. And, and, and that's part of his charm, mm. right? Is he, he's had the, I love it. On, he's had the pictures on Twitter's on Twitter's on Twitter where he, has, at the, on, on the <laughs> where he has the Mr. Magoo glasses. And yes. He's like, trying to figure this out. I know I need a microphone. It kind of plays into what he's going for. Right. Yeah. Well, he's just, real you know like authentic very authentic and and i'm here for it i just man i have misophonia i don't like hearing people eat and drink and all that stuff like when my mom would take a gulp in a quiet room i'd hear like the whole thing happen biologically and i just like I grimaced and i always felt bad but it's like i can't help how my brain processes stuff so there are some times where i have to i have to tap that go ahead 30 second button and uh, and get through the tequila tasting but Otherwise, I love it. And last week, he talked about coffee. That is my jam. So I'm so stoked that this is happening. Their new tea is amazing. I feel like I have to get that one. I might. That might be one that I, I pulled the trigger on. We'll see. Because it's incredible. Jess even saw it and was like, do they have that in a hoodie? Because she wants. Uh, she would just want something really colorful. And she likes the FTR color. I thought. So Tyler, before we get to the main event here. Jess wore my FDR hoodie for like a week 
when she was sick or she just around the house, she was just wearing my FTR hoodie. The one she got me for Christmas. I love it, especially because of that. I couldn't wear it. It was always dirty because she was wearing my damn hoodie. And she's like, it's just so soft, so comfortable. So I went out of my way to figure out like what did pro wrestling tees or shop AW use for their printable uh, materials. And it was independent trading company is, is I believe the name of the brand. I found the style. And then I found the type of hoodie and I found a plain one on Amazon. And I was like, now you don't have to worry about pictures of people, logos, names, all the stuff you said you don't want on, on a t-shirt or on a hoodie. It's plain. It's fine. And she, and she was just like, it's, eh. I mean, it's really boring. I only liked it because of the colors. It wasn't just because it was comfortable. And I was like, then, then why did you, why did you lie to me? Cause I spent $20 on this plain ass hoodie because it's comfortable for around the house. Cause you said that it was comfortable, not it was colorful. Those are different words. Anyway, they are, they are different words. Yeah. They do. They do not make this new tea in a hoodie. And because of that, I am very upset that I, I know who is going to be wearing my FTR hoodie. I'm, I'm sad. <laughs> Marriage man. I like how we kind of got some bachelor vibes there. You know, the gimmick <laughs> yes, for the bachelor yes. is like, we turn it into a, a topic related to life. I, I, I love I love this. Well, we have more of that coming up in a little bit. We have the main event now that we're almost approaching an hour. This is going to be a long-ass episode, Tyler. MJF versus Brian Danielson. 60-minute Ironman match that was not 60 minutes. I don't know what the official total time was, but it was longer. We got additional time. It ended in a 3-3 draw and then went to sudden death rules after MJF tapped just past the expiration of the time limit. We knew that, at least I knew, as soon as they went to extra time, it was time for MJF to cheat. This is always how MJF wins. It's it's a no-brainer. This is when I was like, all right, Danielson's definitely going to lose. But they sold me so many tickets in this that I thought, oh, maybe we got it. But I was like, no, they're going to have him. They're going to have him cheat. The only part that I thought maybe was when the when the ring came off. Once, once the diamond, once, once the ring was taken off the hand, because he had the belt, and who was in the ring? Was it was it Bryce that yes. that ref yes. took the took the belt, and then MGF pulled the the ring out of the trunks. Tyler, that man wrestled for sixty plus minutes in a violent match, Blood City, Suplex Jones, power bombs through tables, with a ring, a giant ring next to his nutsack. I don't know how he did that. He pulls out the ring at the end. The only thing I could think is maybe at the end, he grabbed it from somewhere, stuck it in his trunks and then pulled it out. Like it had been there the whole time. Yeah. I think that seems, that seems likely, but the, but the, that has to be like, maybe when he grabbed the water and the water was misdirection. So yeah, he, he, did, he did that a lot. That, that would yeah. be probably my only nitpick for the match. Unless I'm missing like the larger, uh, idea of that but it seemed like he had a lot of water breaks i know he's a heel and but then taz i mean how many times did taz say max you gotta stop man you're gonna blow yourself up i'm like okay one or two water breaks would have been great but we got maybe three or four i think there's a high possibility that was was fake. i think there was a high possibility that was a fake out for a a ring situation yeah the first the first two were water breaks the second one he grabbed the water and brought it in the ring so he wasn't down or the third one he brought it into the ring that was the final one um, it just seemed like a lot to me. Well, there were a lot because he also had the water in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the part 
when yeah. he splashed the kid. Yeah, it was, it was, so, well, yeah. we assume it was water. It could have been beer. I don't know. If you threw sure. beer at a kid, like, dude, you can't do that. There, there are there are lines we got. You splash a kid with water, whatever. Like, I don't even feel bad. Like, you bring your if you have an eight year old at this AEW event. And you're sitting up close. Like, have you ever watched the product ever? Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing here? There's mm-hmm. blood everywhere. There's if if the kid's upset because water got on him. I, I hate to say this because he didn't deserve it. The kid did not or she. I don't know. Uh, or other. I have no idea. The the person that got splashed didn't deserve it. However, the parents kind of had that coming. Like, know where you're going. I'm not going to go. Hey, Freya. Do you want to go see the violent murder movie that's at the movie theater? I know you're five. Let's go watch Violent Night together and watch yeah. how Santa or, kills a whole bunch of people with a hammer. Ed Scream comes out this Friday, so if yeah, she's not, if she's, not if yeah. she's not feeling the Christmas spirit, we got yeah, another ghost face. Perfect. Yeah, we got options. Yeah, she's afraid of the cartoon Ghostbusters, but let's, let's hop on <laughs> let's, down to the multiplex and yeah, check nostalgia. out Scream. Yep. I, so I I don't know, man. I the water breaks were a little bit much, like you said. I. I have no problem with him getting heat by splashing somebody in the crowd. And frankly, I don't give a shit. It was a kid. If it happened to Freya, I'd have been taking a picture of her crying and put it on social media. I don't care. Uh, Like maybe that makes me a cold hearted, terrible person. Listen, if you're going to bring your kid there, expect bad things to happen. Maybe not from the crowd, but probably from the the wrestlers. People get pushed all the time there in AEW. They frequently fight up aisles. Uh, They get thrown onto crowd people. People get splashed all the time and there's blood flinging everywhere. We have a CM Punk freeze frame shot from one of the matches where you see blood squirting out of his head. What do you think is going to happen if you're anyway? Uh, but that's that's my piece on, on on the crowd situation. Anyway, I thought this match was incredible. It's one of the best matches. I've, it's of the year. I don't want to say I've ever seen, but it was one of the best AEW matches I've seen. And I don't think it approaches Osprey and, and Kenny. I don't think it, it, I don't even know if it approaches some of the other matches we've seen this year, but in terms of like telling the story, my God, this, this match was incredible. Oh yeah. It it was next level. I'm going to quote my own words, which feels like a, a a flex tonight (laughs) uh, from our article, which, which we've referenced a few times. So I wrote, If we wrote this article two weeks ago, I would have had full confidence that MJF is going to retain. I'm not so sure now. Weeks of on-screen storyline progression and increasing fan support for Danielson are leading me to think this is a 50-50 pick. Danielson is unquestionably one of the GOATs, so on and so forth. Does he need the title to solidify this run? Probably not, but would it add to his legacy and freshen up the title scene? Yes. Um, And then I put, I'm going to follow my intuition. MJF retains in a match will be buzzing about all year. Yeah, that's basically it. This is absolutely going to be a match of the year candidate. One of the best AEW matches in company history. This exceeded my wildest expectations. After they passed 30 minutes, this really flew for me. (laughs) I did not think this dragged, especially during that back half. And then when you added on the sudden death, I was invested. You were invested, Brad. It seemed like everyone at the Chase Center was as well. I was also sold the ticket when uh, when MJF kicked out of the Psycho knee. 
like MJF was folded up and I was like, oh my gosh, like Danielson is going to do it. I, I, I'm going to be wrong. When MJF kicked out of that, I was just, I, that's when I knew, okay, this match is, is absolutely one of MJF's best. Brian Danielson has had one of the most storied careers of this generation. I think this is going to be up there in terms of his, I know in music we say discography, but in terms of his wrestlingography or matchography, I think this is going to be up there. It's case this, match. Like, yeah. Thank yeah. you. This yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 and MJF calling out Meltzer. Was, yeah, was so good. Yeah. This, <laughs> so good. this, this match was absolute high art. I loved it. It was, it was everything. It was professional wrestling. This was, this is everything professional wrestling is right. Like this is, this is incredible. There, there were a couple of moments in there that re- that really got me. Uh, the, the MJF Darby spot with the counters for roll-ups where they're just rolling around the ring, but going back and forth between roll-up, between roll-up, between roll-up, between roll-up, the core strength and endurance these men have is, is unbelievable. I, I cannot say enough about how in, in, con- in, in great physical condition these people are. For, for people that are like, oh, wrestling is scripted, wrestling isn't real, all that stuff, go ahead and watch that. Go, go roll up, sit up. For some people, sit up one time. Just do one sit up. Now, now do it with another person on top of you and roll with them in somersaults on the floor for 20 seconds. And then just do reverse crunches over and over and over again with them on top of your face. I just, what, how? And, and that was maybe 25 minutes into the match. Incredible. Listen, man, you're talking to someone who hits that 0.5 mile mark on the treadmill and starts to get a little winded and and is ready to move on to the next activity at the gym. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. This uh, from a cardio perspective, MJF, the the epic entrance. I thought that was a really nice touch and that was really a a refresher for his presentation. He brought back the the devil mask from uh, from a previous pape. And he's in phenomenal shape as well. I remember early MJF, like all in, and he was definitely rocking the dad bod. And shout out to all the, the fellow dad bod people out there um, to, to think of him when he started. And we knew he was special back then. But to see his transformation physically from that point, it's, man, it's inspiring. It's impressive. He's, I'm so glad he did not drop the title. I love Danielson as much as the next person. And and maybe this feud wasn't uh, white hot all the way through, but man, I think MJF needs to hold that title. I'm not saying he needs it for the rest of the year, but he he is him. Remember we were clamoring for him a few months ago, and now we're yeah. Danielson called it years ago. We are fickle. We were yeah. clamoring for this guy, salivating, yeah. and now yeah. that he's here, think, okay, his promos are repetitive. I think he should drop the belt. No, MJF is our champion. It needs to be that way for a long time. He looks amazing. Brian Danielson is one of the goats. This match is is absolutely one of my favorite AEW pay-per-view main events. I got to tell you, like the repetitive promo thing, I don't care with MJF. He delivers it in such a way that he makes me want to pay attention and he makes me care about it. And I, I get the trope about like, or I guess I get the, the complaint about all of his origin stories. Oh, okay. So hold on. What you're saying is this guy's had so much awful shit. That's really terrible happened to him that it's bad that they've all affected him in some way. 
explain how explain that to me tyler like how why are why are we mad at this person why are we mad that this person's experienced enormous trauma in his life despite being rich but this is one of those things it's like well rich people don't get to be sad whole that's a whole separate conversation that's bugged me since the the outset because i feel this way about cody rhodes promos in wwe i'm bored he delivers them in an incredible way but like Roman called them out for making it sound like it was rehearsed this week. Oh, well, oh yeah, we will, we will get there. Don't, don't you worry. It may, it may be at the two hour mark, but we will absolutely <laughs> be, be touching on that. And he's, he's right. It does. It sounds like he's delivering a speech instead of a promo, yeah. instead it of a conversation. Yeah. yeah. And Max doesn't Max sounds like he's personally attacking you. Cause he is. We're digging down to a deep place. Like the dude is crying when he delivers his promos. His eyes are welling with tears because of how passionate he is about this stuff. They're so believable because they feel authentic. They're probably real, you know, turned up to 11. But then we got to see all of this stuff tonight where it's like, oh, he's not just. I feel like every time Max has a match, we go, oh, he's not really just great on the mic. He's great everywhere. And I don't know why we're surprised at this point. I wasn't. I knew this was going to be a good one. I didn't know it was going to be this. This is incredible, but we've already had, we've had Max. He, he beat Mox for the championship. He had a great match with, uh, with Takeshita. He, this, what are we doing? Doubting this guy at this point, the Darby match at full gear. Oh, that was so good. Full gear 2021, I believe. Yeah, right. Well, I'm just thinking, yeah. I'm just thinking since he's been back, since he's been champ. Oh yeah. I mean, even yeah. just since he's been champ. Absolutely. Yeah. We forget that he's, Yuta? he's one of the best in the ring. Any when he promotion. came back, uh, I don't think he had won yet. It was right. The Utah match happened before he won or was it after he won? I think it was right before. Yes. Yeah. I believe you're right. It was uh, right after he, man, I can't remember, but it, it was a good one. It was like a year ago. Yeah. I think it might've been, I think it was after he won. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm not positive. Cause he was. He was like good guy, bad guy, good guy, and everybody was cheering yeah. for him. But he didn't really turn until the post conference and during that match when he won. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't keep it straight. It doesn't really matter. But he had a great match with Yuta. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think he's so underrated, and it was the right time for AEW and Tony Khan to pull the trigger on him and get the belt on him. But Tyler, we have to move on, and it's also time to talk about pulling the trigger. Or maybe not pulling the trigger. Pulling the trigger on suspensions, for sure. We're going to have another edition. It's been a while of what happened here. John Morant edition. Play the music. What happened here? Your transition game on this episode is absolutely top tier, my man. I, I hope you smile about that. Oh my gosh, you went into the trigger talk. we Okay, so what happened here, John Moran edition? Man, I, I was considering looking up the actual dates and, and, and verbiage, but I think at this point, uh, folks know that you and I are, are big hoop fans, and John Morant was in the news uh all over the weekend so this report came out last week about him having some nefarious activity including uh allegedly 
beating up a, a 17 year old over a pickup game and even prior to that it was uh, he was accused of, of him and his associates pointing a laser uh, at Indiana Pacers players right like referencing yeah. they have a gun yeah. and then Brad over the weekend Saturday morning early Saturday morning on his Instagram live John Morant is seen at a club after hours flashing a firearm Next day, the Grizzlies effectively suspend him for two games. He puts out a statement. He is sorry for his actions and is grateful for the organization, fans, etc. So maybe this will blow over uh, as of our next GI episode and Ja will get right. I sure hope so, man. This is super concerning. Ja Morant is, in my opinion, the most electrifying player in basketball. Yes. And this is coming from a big Suns fan. But you know, I mean, no one, go, no one goes viral like him. The man hasn't even had his signature shoe released yet. And this is already happening. Super concerning. What really stood out to me this weekend, Brad, was uh, not only just seeing a potential downfall of John Morant. I know that might be hyperbole, but scary stuff. It was that mixed with when this video came out. It was the same day Saturday as a massive UFC show headlined by John Jones. I do not claim to be a UFC expert by any means, but I know that John Jones won in the first round and, and is now heavyweight champ. So I found it super interesting from a, a, a psychological or maybe a, a sociological perspective that on one hand, a, a lot of folks on the timeline are expressing concern for Ja over his pension for toting firearms. But also, a lot of us are are super excited and laid down big money to watch John Jones fight. And I am by no means claiming that I am flawless or a saint. What I do want to point out, though, is John Jones has done some pretty despicable things, Brad. This does not take a lot of effort. If you just Google John Jones controversies, there's PED, PDs, there's domestic violence, there's driving while intoxicated, add-on hit and run, as recently as 2021. So I don't want to flat out say it's capping, but I just find it interesting. To me, there's kind of a juxtaposition or a contrast of, okay, are we really expressing this concern for jaw? Or as long as folks have amazing athletic ability, we're still going to support them and watch them and give them our money and... I guess we do that all in the hope of they're going to get right. But I just found it really, really, I don't know, interesting is, is the best word I have at, as we record at almost midnight that uh, this news about Ja came out and all of us and our, and our aunties have an opinion on the timeline. But also a lot of us were going to our UFC parties to watch John Jones, who I don't know, man, seems like a pretty despicable person. Maybe believe in second chances and believe that people can figure out their stuff but um from from my understanding this dude has really had some issues and uh you know i certainly hope he's changed and and is a better person now but to me they, they were a bit related i know ufc's one sport basketball is a totally different sport but I, I couldn't help but see some intersection there so i'm gonna read you a quote i don't know if you'll know where it's from but nobody panics when things go according to plan even if the plan is horrifying, if tomorrow I tell the press that like a gangbanger will get shot or a truckload of soldiers will be blown up, nobody panics because it's all part of the plan. But when I say that one little old mayor will die, well, then everyone loses their minds. And 
uh, I, of course that is that, that is Heath Ledger's Joker from the dark Knight, And I really like that because I feel like there's a comp there. You remember Plaxico Burris? Do you remember Plaxico? Of course. Number 17. Hey, great. Do you, remember, receiver. you remember what happened, right? Yes. Okay. We have a weird fascination with guns in this country. Yes. And, absolutely. And it's, there's there's it's so nuanced and complicated and there's like 100%. cultural differences and yes. regional yes. differences and thank you 100%. all of all of those things but all i could think was jaw in the club with a gun this could have happened it would have ended his entire career somebody's life if he would have shot himself in the thigh i i just that's it for him probably i don't i don't think you recover as a basketball player from something like that i know plaxico's career never recovered i i just that stuff is crazy. But when I think of the UFC, it's hyper violent already. It's, it's terribly violent. You can look at Floyd Mayweather is same thing guys for lack of a better term, a, a pretty terrible human being. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's awful, but, but we just accept it. Cause he's one of the goats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's one of the goats in a very violent sport. He's he not is. one of the goats that's doing like commentary. He's not this guy with it's well known for his, strategic planning and corporate meetings he is professional face puncher well really professional face puncher slash runner aware he's the best dodger i've ever seen in my entire life that dude can dodge anything that's thrown at his head or near him it's it's unbelievable but because he's in a violent sport we ignore the other violent things uh say i think the same thing for jones he's in an incredibly violent sport so we ignore the other terrible things because what he does is by nature terrible jaw is a basketball player so we we don't ignore that it takes if we if we broke down especially the era that i i grew up in and that you grew up in of wrestling and looked at all the terrible things that these professional wrestlers have done like you don't want to go digging around and finding out about what stone cold has done or you're not going to be a fan of Stone Cold. Like there's stuff that I didn't know about that was like his his, his marriage with Deborah and and when he was yeah, I'm not going to go into it because I don't know how much of it is confirmed and I don't want to just accuse people, but even if it's not true, that stuff is out there and if we start digging around in there, we ignore it because what's worse, Chris Benoit. So, it takes a Chris Benoit for us to go, "Wow, this is really terrible" versus a just a normally despicable person, but we go, well, they're in a violent sport, a violent, uh, a violent piece of entertainment that that's part of the nature. And I know times have changed. You can't get away with that stuff now, but I think by the nature, when, when you're looking at something that's by its nature violent, then I think it's easier to ignore it as a public as being not that big of a deal because it's already violent. It's according to the plan where, any other sports it's it's just simply not i can't imagine like i love hockey i can't imagine like if it's like okay detroit red wings colorado avalanche we have the big fight right but instead somebody just pulls out a machete in the middle of the fight and just starts hacking everybody's gonna freak the hell out but instead, it's like there's people bleeding on the ice unconscious. Uh, people have gotten their asses kicked. Careers have been mostly some people, some people almost ended. And it was straight out the gate. Nobody did anything wrong for months. And then it was just like, we're just going to start fighting. We're going to throw hands right here. And everybody went, all right, it's cool. It's according to the plan. 
I don't know what any of their backgrounds are. I don't know what their life is like outside of that ice rink on the rink. It's okay. Well, kind of, I mean, there were suspensions and stuff and it's infamous for how violent it is, man. Detroit's done a lot of violent shit. So like malice in the palace that yeah. anyway, <clears throat> there's just a, there's just a lot there to, to unpack. I just, man, I don't, I don't get it. I don't think I ever will get it. I'm trying to understand it, but like, like you said, it's, it's hopefully, hopefully they figure it out and hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully Jossie's reason he's saying the right things right now and he's suspended, but how much of that is him and how much of that is a PR team and we'll never know. Sure. Sure. And, and a lot of his image is based on what his early rise to stardom. And even now is based on his role as a father, right? He's an adorable daughter and, and she seems to mean the world to him. So yeah, even from like, okay, he's a young man and he's, you know, he has this, this superstar level of fame and just oodles of money, right? Money we could only dream of. Uh, great use uh, of but also, Thank you. But I have a colleague that says that recently. I found <laughs> that from her. Shout out to Kathy. Um, but it's like, my man, you're a dad. And clearly you love your, your child. Like you should be like putting down the Uzi and grabbing a, I don't know, like a cure that, not, not Curious George is my era, but whatever the popular like books are for kids now, Arthur maybe is still hot. I don't know what, what books you would want to get, but grab that and put down the, I don't know, man. Fame, fame must be a hell of a drug. Uh, obviously, you go anywhere and you are the center of attention. You are God's gift to any room you walk into. Like you, I just hope he he really you know, figures this out and, and comes out better for it. That, that gun, I'm trying to figure out what it was. It looked like it probably is like a 22 or a 22 mag. It was like <laughs> practically a squirt gun. Uh, I thought it was uh, like flashing it. Any firearm is dangerous and deadly, but it's not exactly the one that that uh, you show off. That's a personal protection weapon. It's not one you go like, yeah, you want to mess with me and you pull out a judge that shoots 410 shells like a shotgun shell. Uh, this is not this is not that that was like. Okay, I understand you you have to you feel like you have to protect yourself. You are wealthy, you're well known and people might want to take a shot at you because like try to fight you simply because you're famous. Sure, yeah, and we don't obviously we you know we don't have that context. That's, that's right. a magnificent point. Yeah, and um, that that's the that's probably the that might be the part, but Jalen Rose said it better in an interview the other day. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, yeah. but he he really broke it down. Seek it out if you want to hear more about this cuz I I'm, I'm not equipped to speak on this and I'm not well versed enough to know really what was going on, but I thought it was an interesting conversation and uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up today and I would like to do more with this, but Tyler, we got to talk about WWE before it hits tomorrow. And now it's time to talk WWE. So it's 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 so time. Go ahead and uh, hit me with your question. Yeah, man. So one of the highlights for me in WWE last week was, of course, the opening of SmackDown. We finally got the moment. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, two mics, one ring, face to face. I thought both guys were awesome here, Brad. Who would have thought Roman has a stellar Dusty in him? Anyway, 
I saw more than a few fans on the so timeline. Good. It was so good on the yeah. timeline claiming victory, a decisive victory for the tribal chief. I think both of us probably agree, but here is my question for you. Where does Roman Reigns rank in terms of a top promo in professional wrestling? Oh man. Right. Currently, currently. in all of, in all of wrestling and not in just all WWE of, in all of wrestling currently. Since becoming the tribal chief, I don't know, probably top five. I don't know. I don't know where I put him. He's not above Mox. He's not above Eddie Kingston. He's that. I mean, he's definitely not above either of those dudes. Um, he's not above MJF. In WWE, he's the best thing going. I don't think it's even close. Mm-hmm. But, three, three years running, yeah. But there's there's a huge difference, I guess. I guess. Uh, well, I can't say it's not close because Seth is up there. Um, Seth Seth is LA probably Knight. the best, right? He's an incredible talker too, and he has crowd control. Mm-hmm. That dude shuts down what chance better than anybody. Mm-hmm. He's so I, good. We, we we saw your tweet with the rocket emoji. Yeah, we we, we heard that audience reaction on SmackDown. Well, as soon as he walked out, man, like, what's I mean, it's so good. And he plays the hits. Roman plays the hits. LA Knight comes out. Let me talk to you. Yeah. And he does all of those different things. And LA Knight, very DMD. Uh, all, all of that stuff is is awesome. I LA Knight it has to be up there. But, man, I don't know. For for Roman, for me, it's it's always it's always hit or miss. It just depends. His his work this year has been incredible. Before that, I didn't like it as much because it was a lot of, I'm the tribal chief. I'm the head of the table. And that's kind of it. I'm going to smash him. I'm going to sta- – like, I get it. That's fine, but it can't all be catchphrases for the whole promo. Uh, but, but the huge difference here is that we have to remember that WWE has literal scripts – and AEW has people coming up with promos. The AEW promos are always going to sound more natural, uh, in in my opinion, because they they are. They're writing them. They're figuring them out. They're honing them. They're crafting them. I don't know how much freedom that uh, the WWE talent gets. Roman probably has more. Cody probably has more. I'm not sure about LA Knight. But LA Knight's promos, you know, especially with the pitch black match, had to include certain things. For, for product placement and that, that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, I don't know how to answer the question. I think maybe top five, but he's not at the top of the list for me. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I like top five. I asked this question because it's so jarring to me. It was so jarring, especially reading all of the praise on the timeline, not just because it was praise for Roman. Cause of course, like great promo by him, toe to toe to Cody and stood victorious. But I remember the days when, Roman on the microphone, you you sort of winced when he got the mic. You you were yeah. a little on you were a little on edge, like oh this this is a possibility to go very wrong. And that wasn't ten years ago. You know, we're talking as recently as 2018, 2019. I yeah. remember his feud with John Cena around that mm-hmm. time frame. It was bad. In which, yeah, Cena was just eating him on the mic. Yeah, and obviously we know now because they feuded uh, not not too long ago that he's just done a a total 180. And I would argue his work on the mic is now a a strength of his. And he's known Mm -hmm. for 
for his prowess in that regard. So I like your top five and just a big shout out for him. We've given a lot of shout outs today for uh, the growth of wrestlers. They put in the work and like any job, right? Wrestling, teaching, et cetera. You put in the work in due time. You, you just naturally get better. Uh, Roman's clearly done that. It's, it's pretty amazing how he's progressed on the microphone. Yeah. I think part of it is that the, the, the script, is more natural. It's more real. It's more believable Definitely. for him, not just Definitely. for us, but for him. Yep. No uh, suffering succotash. Yeah. Thank the oh Lord. Gosh. Yeah. I just, it, it, there's no more silly stuff, but I think we can, we know what happened and what changed, especially in the last year or so. Uh, it's yeah, it's just different. But I think, I think the, the big difference between, because Roman's promos aren't always great. Because because what do we mean when we say pro, promo? We hardly ever get a Roman promo. This is one of the first Roman promos we've had in a long, long time. We don't get Roman, Roman promos. We get Roman segments and we get Roman conversation during matches. That's where he excels. When he's talking trash to people to right to their face or talking to the crowd or in the back doing stuff on the couch, just telling people what to do and what to think. There's been a bunch of interactions, but it hasn't necessarily been uh, like promos. It hasn't been soliloquies, I guess, the best thing, uh, or even just back and forth dialogue. I think it's been mostly interactive group ensemble work, and he has excelled in that area. Uh, and 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 the the way that he's excelled is by violating all of the rules of acting. And that's the thing I think is so interesting about him is he's the scariest and most intimidating because he never looks at the person he's talking to. He just goes, um, you're going to get him to come back and join the bloodline or I'm going to take it out on you. And he doesn't even look up at Jimmy. <laughs> he just tells Jimmy, basically, I'm going to kill you next Great week. Impression. Yes. He just, just down, just staring ahead while Paul Heyman is in the background going, Oh God. Oh God. Who's perfect. In all of this, which brings me, Tyler, to my question for you. So Jimmy this week was given the task to bring Jay back into the bloodline by this week. And if he's not back, then Roman is going to take it out on Jimmy. Is this where we see the bloodline dissolve? Or is this where we see the bloodline become whole again and become strengthened? And I might add, is this where we see Rikishi join the bloodline since he is apparently lobbying for it and he wants to be a part of it? Wow. About probably a three-part question. I love it. <laughs> I'm tempted while I'm tempted to go the, the dissolve route. I am going to go with the second option you presented. Shout out to Rikishi though. It, it would seem to me that this would be the ideal time for Jay to come back. I don't know that it'll be an instant. Okay. Snap a finger and Jay is fully on board. But WrestleMania is what? We're at three, four weeks away. I think we're approaching three now. So in my opinion, the night one main event is going to be for the tag team titles. I think night one is is primed for the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. While I would love to slot in, say, Bianca v. Asuka or even Rhea v. Charlotte, I think the the story is so clearly supreme here. You know it's going to deliver. You know you're going to end with a great crowd reaction. So I'm going to vote that that main event Jay comes back fully bloodline. Maybe not fully immediately, that he's going to be back in the fold because we just don't have a lot of time until WrestleMania. And, and I think that's going to end up being our main event on that Saturday night. What's I, can, I can see Jay 
and I can see Jay splitting. Really? Yeah, I can absolutely see it happening, and I can see. Well, we have half the tag champs over here, and it's Jimmy and Solo, and then oh, okay. the other half is okay. over here. It's it's Jay, and he needs a partner. It's Sammy, and that determines who the who the champs are, or maybe that's how they split the belts. I'll take I'll take SmackDown, you take Raw, and we'll go our separate ways for now. Eventually reuniting the two brothers, obviously, but I think that the bloodline stays intact, and maybe they kick out Roman, and Jay becomes the new head. What? <laughs> Wow. I'm just saying like, it, oh my, it, it oh my goodness. Sense. That it would make sense. If you're going to keep the bloodline intact yeah. and we have all of this animosity building toward Roman within the bloodline, if all of them turn Romans effed, like it was different when it was Jay and an injured Jimmy and solo wasn't part of the, the picture. Great. But if Solo's like, no, I'm standing with my brothers. Roman, yeah. Roman's screwed. Blood, blood then, like, bloodline goes full baby face. And then maybe, and then maybe Paul, where does Paul go? Does he's Braun Breaker? Paul goes to Braun Breaker. That is the answer. <laughs> what well, it needs to happen that way. That is the answer. That I feel like um, they they could do something there with that. I don't know what they do with that, but like Paul would have to disappear for a long time and come back though. And I don't I don't see that happening. Um, but I, I could see other people being with him. I could even see. No, I can't see anybody right now in WWE. They're all gone. So I don't know. I don't know who who the manager would be, man. I don't, I don't know uh, who, who has a better mouthpiece. Yeah, it's a great, great question by you about Roman, man. I, I thought that was really great. Tyler, I don't have a transition this time. I don't have anything clever other than the bloodline is made of relationships. And we're about to talk about a few more. It's time once again for a rose from Tyler. Play the music. And now... For a rose from GI's most eligible bachelor. Let's do this thing. Zach and the women of season 27 traveled to Estonia last week. Brad, wow. some of my, I know, some of my favorite teachers in high school were from the social studies department. That being said, the only thing I know about Estonia. <laughs> is the point guard for our beloved Arizona Wildcats men's hoops team, Kerr Kreisa, is from there. That That's all I know. Kerr, we need you and your clutch shot making later this month, even, even this week in the Pac-12 tournament, I would argue. But anyway, back to the topic. The juiciest moment of the episode occurred when Jess, good name, the 23-year-old e-commerce coordinator from Florida, spoke with Zach away from the rest of the contestants. She expressed her worries about not having a one-on-one with him. So, Brad, we see this all the time. And it makes sense, right? If you're competing for someone's love in real life, it's already hard out here in these streets. But when you're on a show and you can see your person spending time with other people and making out, and I I would get why you would start to feel maybe a little insecure or a little jealous. So Jess expressed her worries about not having one-on-one time with Zach, right? We got that. But Zach did not take this too well. Here is his quote. To be honest, this is what he said to her during the episode. To be honest, and I'll always be honest with you. I feel like there's that disconnect. I don't feel any more sure about this. And I feel nervous. I don't know how you feel, but I'm not feeling confident. As hard as it is, and it pains me to say, he goes on. But he effectively breaks up with her. 
just goes home. Believe it or not, I believe we're down to the final eight or final seven here. I attached this graphic that you may see in our, our pod notes, Brad. I thought this might be helpful to get a picture of where we're at. Uh, again, it's either seven oh, or wow. it's either seven or eight. Yeah, man, the season is absolutely flying. We're getting closer and closer to hometowns. I do want to point out that all of your selections are gone in yes. case any of our viewers seven, missed this. Seven. Seven, yeah, thank you. Anastasia, Mercedes, and Vanessa, unfortunately, have all been eliminated. Uh, Brianna from my list is gone. However, Cat and Charity still remain. We will see how that goes. But my question for you, going back to Jess, we know that breaking up and being broken up with suck. They're two of the hardest things to do in life, in my opinion. Obviously, Brad, you, I was in, and you are currently in a in a job where we see the effects of that on young people, on teenagers. Um, we know it's very difficult. So mm-hmm. my question here is kind of straightforward. Your thoughts on this, this, this part of growing up, we all have to learn it at some point when you navigate, when you navigate sometimes being broken up with, but then breaking up with others. There are a few different routes, right? You could take the ghosting route of just not talking to people. You can be forthright and and see them in person. You can call them. Now you can even text. What are your thoughts on this? What was that like for you growing up when we all have our first encounters of of dealing with with breakup on either side of it? Well, first of all, I had to look it up um, here when you said Estonia. My first, I wanted to confirm it, but the first time that I ever heard of Estonia, I had to look it up. I had to go into the Encyclopedia Britannica to to figure it out because the internet wasn't a thing in 1992 when I first heard of this because of Encino Man, the film where Brendan Fraser is of course. A- caveman and they say that he's an exchange student from Estonia. Great, great, great yes. reference. Yes. yes. Wasn't uh, that Pauly Shore? Yes, Polly Shore. Course, yep, and uh, I can't remember who else did it. I want to say it was Sean Astin, but I can't remember. Um, Great name. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Samwise Gamgee. What are you going to do? Uh, so, I tell my kids this that because because we talk about development and 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 hormones and the way our brains feel and all of this stuff that we always say to to kids, to young people, you don't know what love is. Okay. Well, do you? Because that, that infatuation chemical love is an incredible amount of just dumped endorphins uh, enough. It's endorphins and some other neurotransmitters, but it's, it's enough where love sickness is a real legitimate thing. Uh, you can have too much of a neurotransmitter or too many endorphins and you'll feel sick. You, you will, you won't be able to sleep. You won't do all of these things. And as our brains develop, we struggle with emotional regulation and we actually feel much more deeply and more intensely than we do in later life. So when we minimize the impact of a breakup or a relationship with young people, what we're doing is to, is telling them that their feelings aren't valid when in fact they're feeling more than us. And it's, it's really hard to put it in that perspective. So my experiences with this stuff is that it's the drizzling shits. It's awful. I've been dumped many times. I think we've had a, I've had a few mutual partings, but it's been like, Nope. I get attached and then we, we ride it out until pain happens and uh, <laughs> too, too real. Yeah. It's just, too um, real. Yep. you know, and like even, even when it's like, well, I think this, maybe this will work out, even though I'm not very happy. I, I think this, this could get better and go somewhere. Nope. Yep, nope. A brick nope. wall. 
We're running straight into that brick wall. What's under the other side of the brick wall? More bricks and some rocks. And uh, yeah, that's the end of the line. (laughs) So, and then it's off to the next brick wall. And so far it's been all clear passages. Uh, A few bumps along the way, because relationships are always difficult. Marriage is hard, Uh, but it's so worth it. I'm I'm so happy with where I am. Uh, My thoughts of the breakup process ass <laughs> that, i don't even know what it's to all, say man it's it's awful for for it's terrible for 16 year olds for yeah. 30 year olds 45 i mean yeah man it, it's um i just thought about that like wow yeah this is i mean there's obviously a, a reality quote-unquote show but the process especially with jess and zach in this most recent episode it's like yeah sometimes it's not cordial it's not mutual sometimes you're just taken aback and uh, you don't always get the benefit of having that conversation face to face. And not all of us want to have that conversation face to face, not because we're just inherently jerks, but because I think it's just really difficult sometimes. But then again, I say that as a guy and we know, I think men are often guilty of not being the best communicators. So by no means do I want this to be a pass or a <laughs> manifesto for saying ghosting is the right way or not communicating is the right way. Cause we know that's not, we're trying to be better as men. Um, but yeah, man, like you said, it's, it's just, it's tough out here. That is not, that's the tough part about putting your heart out there, whether on a reality show or, or in everyday life is there's just always that risk of, of being turned down to that person, not thinking you're cute. But like you said, it's worth it. You, you try your best and try to find your person. You clearly have, uh, didn't work out with the Jess for Zach, but it has for you. And I think that's always reason to celebrate. Well, I mean, it has so far. It's it twelve. So it's twelve eighteen on a on, on a now Monday. So when I leave this room, we'll see how well it worked out. <laughs> it indeed, uh, well said. Well, speaking of that, my man, I think somehow we are at the end of the episode or near it. What are you looking forward to this week? You mentioned it's tech week, so I know you will be on the grind as always, but especially over these next five days. What's going on? Fill us in. I'm looking forward to my class being over for two days. I get some respite and then it's, it's back into the next round of classes. I don't know how I did in this class. I assume I have an A. I have a weird week where I have 30 out of 40 points in my grade book for, for some assignments, but I got, I got 40 out of 40 in the, it's, it, it's very confusing. I don't know if you just misentered it. I don't know if I'm going to bother because I don't know if it'll matter. And I don't really care as long as I have an A or an A minus. I'm good. Um, this is this is master's number two. So and yeah, I am bragging. Um, let's see what else. What else we got this week? Yeah, tech week is going to be a grind, man. Uh, seven, seven o'clock is probably the earliest I'm leaving the school, maybe eight. And we have a lot of work to do before the start of the show. Opening nights next week. Saturday, I'll be in in the theater for. Well, as long as it takes, we're, we're putting up a, a 50 foot long, 20 foot tall scaffolding uh, and screwing it into the floor. It is no joke. It is a lot of work and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Could fall to my death. Uh, I have no idea. I do know that that uh, Jen Davis, our director, sent me a picture. One of the curtains just sort of slid off the track yesterday. Just nobody. It just fell. So I have absolutely no idea how to get that up there because it weighs probably a hundred pounds and uh, getting that up onto a 20 foot tall thing because there's no fly system is going to be a grind. I'm not looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to calling maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) 
that Bobby. That if if you know, if you know, you know. Um, man, that that's that's amazing. So, two items for me. I'm not sure if you you heard about this, Brad. Uh, Netflix had its first ever live comedy special. Oh yeah, starring Chris Rock. Yes. There's been a lot of discussion about it. Some people really enjoyed it. Some people did not. Just the polarizing times we live in. So definitely want to check that out. Didn't have a chance to this weekend. And I also want to write some words about Creed three. So I, I did see that and it was excellent. Tessa Thompson. I think I had you at just the name of Tessa. So that's already reason enough to see she's amazing. But Michael B. Jordan did his thing. Jonathan majors. Uh, you may know from Lovecraft country on HBO Yes, is an incredible actor. He was phenomenal. So want to write some words, want to watch some Chris rock. And uh, I have a week off until my next class starts. So my session, a class ended, did really well. I get a week off until session B. That's so great. I'm going, yeah, man, I'm just going to bask in the glory of not having discussion posts for at least one more week, but then I will be back on the grind with you. Speaking of on the grind, this episode if yeah. you are still with us thank you so much for being here this wow. was an absolute this was an absolute marathon if you have not already we encourage you to follow us on social specifically on twitter we can be found at gipod19 we're also on facebook just search gimmick infringement i also implore you to follow brad on twitter he can be found at wind duster you can find me at Tyler J. McDowell. And of course, we are always at gimmickinfringementpod.com. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, we hope you will join us for the next one. And finally, I want to give a big shout out to our friend and former guest, Mike Steph. He is relaunching his podcast or rebranding it, I should say. It is now the Salty Thoughts of Mike Steph. You can find it on all of the streaming platforms. Brad created the art for, for Mike's show. I know Mike loves it. I love it. Brad, you did your thing there as always. And I just so happen, I'm going to put myself over here for the last part. I just so <laughs> happen to be Mike's first guest on this relaunch. Uh, I believe his episode is actually released uh, the same day as you may be hearing this. So please show him some love. Uh, again, the salty thoughts of Mike Steph. He's the man. We appreciate him and all of his support. And I had a blast chopping it up with him. So thank you all so much for being here. We hope you'll join us for the next one. And of course, we are wishing you all a wonderful, wonderful week. Gimmick Infringement is a part of 19 Media Group. You can listen to us on Good Pods, our premier partners, and Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube via the 19 Media Group channel. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share. Thank you.